Welcome back to Mending Moments Podcast. In this episode, I had the honor and privilege of interviewing Savannah Long and Mark Poole. You'll hear in both their testimonies about how they accepted Christ as their Savior at a very young age. However, when they got a little older, they began to be influenced by friends and things of the world, and they began to stray. In these moments, you'll hear how they even got to the point where they thought they were in a hopeless situation. But even then, you'll hear about a couple moments where God intervened. He stood and watched over his children. You also hear how important it is for a church to be loving to those that are trying to come back into the fold. Again, with this podcast, if you know anybody that's facing or has faced something similar than what's being talked about here, please feel free to share this podcast with them, share this episode with them. And again, reach out to that person and let them know there's still help and hope for them. Let them know God still loves them and he'll bring them back in, whether it be for the first time into the fold or whether it be for the last time into the fold. He'll bring them back in time and time again. Love them, forgive them, and help them get back on the straight and narrow. Again, if you have anybody that you, uh, or if you know of a testimony or have anybody you, you would love for me to go and interview, please feel free to reach out to the show at mendingmomentspod at gmail.com. Uh, let's get into the interview. I'm here with Savannah Long and Mark Poole. So, Savannah, would you mind telling me a little bit about your about your childhood and growing up, and we'll go from there. So, um, growing up, we went to Yellow Creek. Um, my mom and my dad um, are both very quiet. They didn't really, um, you know, tell us a whole, whole lot, but they made sure that, you know, we were at church. Um, and then around um, 2008, I don't know how old I was, but... Um, my dad lost his job, and so um, we we ended up losing our house, um, and so we kind of just put everything else to side. We didn't really go to church that whole um, a lot, and um, one day um, we moved into our granny's and um, or our, my great granny's, and so then you know a church our member at our church, Yellow Creek, um, had sent money in the mail um, to help pay for some of our bills. Um, and looking back now, um, that was huge. Um, that I feel like that's what Christians, we need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and my family was like, we're going back to church. And so we went back to church and I was 12 years old and I got saved. And um, I remember being under conviction and I felt like, you know, the amount of time, the years that we didn't go to church, um, I feel like I, I still knew, Hey, one day, you know, Mm -hmm. God's going to deal with me and I'm going to need to go and get saved. And, um, when, when we were at church, um, and God, I was under conviction I knew, I knew who it was that was talking to me and I knew what I needed to do. Um, And I say this all the time. I kept looking at my mom and my sister, hoping that they would look at me Mm -hmm. and see that I was not okay, but no one would look at me. Um, And I think, and I'm glad that they didn't because it was, I had to make that choice. Um, And uh, I remember standing there and looking at everybody um, at church and saying like, if they go to the altar, I'll go. 
and then they would go. And I was like, okay, hold on. Maybe if that person goes, yeah, yeah. you know. And so I think I picked out the whole right side of the church. And they all went. They were all obedient, you know. And um, and I didn't go. Um, I turned God away. And I went home and I told my mom. And I, I was like, you know, I think God was uh, I think God was dealing with me. I think I should have went. And she told me, she was like, you know, um, you're not promised another opportunity. Um, and as a mom... Now, um, that is so hard <laughs> to tell Ooh, your kid. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad she told me that because it is true. You know, mm. you're not promised a second time. Um, but we went to church um, that night um, for Sunday night service. And um, and God started dealing with me again. And I went down and I, I accepted, you know, Jesus as my Savior. And um, would never, ever, <laughs> ever regret doing that. Um, but that's kind of how I was, you know, brought up in church. Um, My family just went through a hard time and um, didn't have money for gas, didn't have money for food. You know, we Mm. didn't have food in my pantry. We had a out-of-date jar of peanut butter that we would eat on. And um, and, uh, so, you know, they they didn't take us to church. And I don't blame them for that, you know. I mean, that's hard times. And, um, but that's how I was, that's how I was brought up. So that was your childhood, and, and one act of kindness from a Christian mm-hmm. led to y'all coming back, you getting yeah. saved. So, yeah. Well, that is, yeah. How about you, Mark? Well, um, I grew up, you know, I got a brother and a sister. It was a happy family. I grew up, you know, was raised right. Hardworking father, hardworking mom, was in church from, you know, every time the doors opened from, time I was a kid, on up to my teenage years. Uh, went to Timberidge, grew up in Timberidge, always been at Timberidge. It's where all my family is from. Uh, all the poles, all the, yeah. that area is <laughs> yeah. Timberidge. So, I mean, just like I said, we was in church all the time, sung in the youth choir, always at Sunday school, always at, you know, the youth activities or whatever. Uh, and. I remember my sister got saved at Timbridge, and I think she she after she got saved, she had a heavy burden for me, and started praying a lot, which I'm sure other people was was praying for me also. But, yeah. And you know, as time went on and conviction fell on me, I can remember I I told a testimony the other day, and I can remember just you know Stevie said something last night about going on and you're you know god will reveal more pieces Mm -hmm. of your testimony as you go and it just a little bit over time that that more pieces of it's come to me and i can remember sitting in certain places of the church of being dealt with and in different churches being dealt with you know being drawn to come and Mm -hmm. and kind of being the same like her just or probably a lot of people for that matter just about well if this would happen or you know our services are of drag, you know, yeah. big, holding on to the bench, yeah. can't wait to get out the door, and then yeah. somebody will play, you know, sing another song, or somebody else stand up and testify. And I can remember, you know, a couple of times that going on, but, uh, you know, my parents, they, they'd done their job. I was I was always in church, you know, I, I was given all the opportunities, and the Lord dealt with me. And uh, Tim Riz's youth was singing at Whitehall. Whitehall was in revival. We was, uh, went to sing. Uh, Dwayne was the pastor at the time mm-hmm. at Whitehall, uh, and 
Robbie Banks, no, not Robbie Banks, uh, Robbie Lefford was yeah. was helping him. And that night we seen it, uh, we sung, the spirit got to moving. And that once again, once we sat down from singing, that conviction set in when Robbie got up there. And he didn't even preach, he just read a verse of the Bible, John three sixteen, mm-hmm. most probably known verse there yeah. is. Yeah. And, and, it, and it hit me again. And, uh, a buddy of mine that night had went down and got saved and was going around and giving him the right hand, you know, of Christian fellowship. And it was on me the whole time coming around. I thought, man, if I, if I can make it to Dwayne or, you know, if, mm-hmm. or if I can get past Dwayne, I think kind of what it was, but you know, and I, and I got to him and I, I just lost it. So, and he asked me if ever, you know, he was one of them that, uh, God's man, God mm. called man that, that knew something was wrong. Mm. And, you know, that son, you okay? You need to go pray? Do you want to go to the altar? And luckily that night I said, yeah. And we yeah. got down and prayed. And I, ain't, I think really all that I, that I said when I got to the altar is God saved me. Yeah. And he did. And got up feeling totally different. The first thing I can remember doing is all I wanted to do was get on the phone and call my daddy and let him know. And they had a phone, they had a, where the choir is, there's a a door on both sides of the choir and it kind of goes into a closet. Well, there was a, this has been a long time ago, so they wouldn't portal phones. There was was a phone on the wall with a cord that you could walk around the whole (laughs) church with. And all I want to do is go back there and call my daddy and let him know. But I mean, I just remember the, the, well, you hear all the time about that conviction and condemnation being gone. I mean, it was a, it was a relief and a yeah. peace. And I can remember too, also after, you know, after I got saved, uh, uh, me also having a burden for my friends that, you know, and that wasn't really in church, wasn't raised in church. And after that, you know, after me getting saved, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was a burden for, for them to get saved. And, I'd pray and pray for them and try to get them to Bible. I think uh, I got two of them to Bible school and they ended up getting saved at Bible school. So. Wow. But I mean, I, <coughs> after all, I say that was in 98. I was, I think, nine at the time. April 17th, 1998. It was nine. Ten. No, because it was in April. If it was July, it would have been ten. <laughs> uh, so, but you know, but yeah, I mean, that's, Thank God for my parents and family. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my family alone, I, I couldn't ask to be born in, into a better family other than, you know, the ultimate family. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as this earthly fam- family goes, I mean, I couldn't ask. They're all, I mean, God-loving people and yeah. want everybody to have what they have. I mean, it, yeah. I've been blessed in, in that aspect of my life for sure. Well, in every aspect, but that, that was for sure. <laughs> I understand that. But uh, it, that's started it off. So. so you were nine, how old were you, Savannah? Twelve. Twelve, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, see, there you go. Um, so let, let's talk post-salvation. Um, if we can, you know, how, how was that? You know, of course, y'all were nine and twelve, so then you go back to school. You got, you know, of course, at twelve, as a, a young woman, you're facing a lot of peer pressure and, and society at that point. So um, we'll start with you, Samantha. We'll go to Mark and, and kind of see 
how how has that walk been from post salvation, and then we can get up into kind of what what y'all struggled with or what God has brought y'all through, and then we'll just kind of go from salvation to there first, then we'll go from there after. So. Okay. Um. So, like when Mark was saying that after he got saved, he wanted you know to find a phone and call his dad. I was the opposite. Um. It took the walk from the church to the car. For the devil to say, nobody wants to hear your testimony. Nobody wants to hear what, you know, what God did for you. Who, who are you? And um, and I struggled with that um, because we were in the car and my mom, she was like, let's call Nanny, let's call Cindy, you know, all this. And I'm like, I don't want to. Yeah. And um, she was like, why? This is, you know, exciting. This is, you know, you should be excited about this. And I was until somebody said, let's share it. And then the devil was just, I mean, I know that's crazy, but the devil literally had it in my head that nobody wanted to hear it. So I called my nanny and I told her, and I think telling her, hearing her cry through the phone, and then I broke down. And I was mm-hmm. like, that was the first victory that I had over yeah. the devil. Is, yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was in uh, sixth or seventh grade. I can't remember, but, you know, I was in middle school. Um, and I remember going back to school and there was one girl in our friend group, um, that was really, um, godly. Um, she had a really godly family and that was the only friend that I had at school that was that way. Um, and, um, we were still friends, um, but she wasn't my best friend. One of my best friends um, in middle school, um, he didn't go to church. Um, and I know this sounds bad, but like she was so much fun to hang out with. You know, we laughed, we were best friends, you know, we played sports together. Yeah. Um, but she didn't understand the importance of going to church. Um, and I don't think I ever really shared it at school. Um, I mean, I remember going to a basketball game and um, Ricky Stone saw me and he said, hey, I heard the good news about you. And I was like, I know, I almost hit a home run in my softball game. And he was like, not that good news. And I was like, well, what news are you talking about? And he was like, you got saved the other night. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that happened. You know, and um, I just, I thought about that the other day, actually. Um, just how, you know, I was just a kid, you know. I mean, um Whereas now I'm like, okay, who can I tell, you know, about Jesus right now? Um, But as a kid, you know, I was more or less just being a kid. You know, I was wanting to be, you know, in the WNBA and I was wanting to go to um, University of Tennessee for softball. You know, that's what my cares were, I Mm -hmm. guess. Um, But I guess like my my life really changed um, when I got to high school. But um, that's how... It was um, for 12 to, what, 14, 15, um, you know, for three three years. It was just kind of, you know, I'm good. You know, I'm saved, and I'm happy, and I'm just playing ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you, Mark? Well, from 9 to 14, I guess. But anyways, I, after I got saved, I mean, I, I still... I still had the burden for others, like friends, and I would go to school and 
and share or you know tell others about yeah I've been saved and I'm sitting here thinking I would go tell that but I don't I'm not sure that I understand it which I don't know that uh, you know it's it's not a really a thinking thing but and I would go you know I'd tell people about being saved and, and and try to invite them to church or Bible school or stuff like that but you know and still still was involved with the church plumb up to early teenage years like 13 stuff like that and at the age of 14 you know I thought family life was everything was good at the age of 14 my parents got just kind of up and got divorced mm -hmm. so not old enough to drive or none of that that it, that structure of you know going to church and I don't know really like not made to go to church but it wasn't there like the the, the yeah it wasn't the priority yeah. it, it, you know in my in my I don't know I guess my freedom of being able to get away with more I was turning you know I was getting the teenage years I I you know, on going into high school and ever, you know, all these worldly things is going on, peer pressure, you know, mm -hmm. and all that mess, and not really having that structure anymore. Uh, it didn't take. I mean, at age fourteen, I'm starting to take the left turn. I'm starting to forget about, you know, what happened to me as a kid and what the Lord had done for me as a kid. I mean, it, you it says in the Bible, sins fun for a season and mm -hmm. that's the that fun part of that season was taking place i was given in to you know whether it was you know drinking or going you know just doing teenage things that as a safe person you wouldn't think me doing but yeah you know all it took is giving in one time and then it gets easier the next time yeah and then they for long you you know, you're not convicted about it. It's, and it, it, I don't know, it's losing that conviction when you're doing something wrong with it. Yes. It's very terrible. It's a very terrible feeling to go, but yeah. I mean, it was a joy up to, I want to say my middle school years or whatever was still, you know, I, I went to church and, and enjoyed going to church and but it was just kind of all of a sudden, you know, my all that was all that or that structure of all that kind of disappeared so well family dynamic change you had it for 14 years your whole life you right. knew it right. it just changed all of a sudden right. so yeah and that kind of me for a loop there. well especially at 14 that's very uh was it a vulnerable age yeah you're, you're very malleable and then it's all of a sudden just changes and you don't know what's going on and yeah yeah that's that is rough so from here, I'm going to turn it over to y'all, give y'all the reins, and y'all can talk about what it is that both y'all went through. Um, again, different situations, but very sim you know, there's some similarities in what y'all both face. So I'll turn it over to Savannah, then we'll go to, go to Mark, and we'll go from there. Um, so <coughs> I guess um, when I was in my 10th grade year, so I was a sophomore, um, I started dating this guy, um, and he, uh, you know, was playing football, he was playing baseball, like, we were both, like, in sports, we were 
both very sports driven people. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the beginning, like everything was good. Um, we were just, I mean, kids playing ball and, um, and I do want to say, um, after I got saved, um, when I started playing, I guess it was my eighth grade year, I got to play JV some. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I, they were like, you know, you can play a few games um, here and there. And so they were like, we need you at all the practices. So that meant Wednesday nights I couldn't be at church. So I think that is where um, my trouble started um, because God's a jealous God. Um, and he wants to be first. And I think I put sports in front of him. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say I don't think. I do know <laughs> that I put um, yeah. sports in front of him yeah. and um but I started dating this guy and um we didn't really do anything um you know bad really we um were just you know dating here we couldn't drive yet um and so we would go to like the movies and stuff well then we both started driving and um so he and got invited to like one of the upperclassmen's parties and was like, I'm going to this party. Um, do you want to go? And so I remember thinking like, I know this is wrong. I, I know this is wrong and I should not do this, but I mean, I'm a teenager, you know, like what else am I going to do? Sit at home? You know, that's so boring. And sort of justifying it. Yeah. yeah. Started justifying it. And, um, so I went, and um, I remember going to that first party, and I was like, I was just so scared. I was like, I'm, I'm so scared. Like, I would check my phone, like, every 10 minutes because I'm like, my mom is going to call me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think I was, like, supposed to be at my friend's house or something. Yeah. And um, Now, this was a time flip phones, right? Yes, this is razors. It, this is, <laughs> the razor flip phones. This is pre-Live 360. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm supposed to be at my friend's house. And... I'm checking my phone, I'm checking my phone, and he came up to me and was like, are you having a good time? And I'm like, yeah, you know, this is fun. And he was like, then why do you look so miserable? And I was like, okay, <laughs> uh, maybe because I am. Um, and so we left, and I was like, I'm never doing that again. Mm -hmm. So the next party, the next weekend, he was like, hey, I'm going here, and I'm like, I don't really want to go. So he breaks up with me. And actually, he cheats on me at the party, and then I find out, and we break up. So, um, that that hurt me because, okay, obviously, like, first boyfriend, you know, like, so now I've got to go to these parties, yeah. you know. We're supposed to be high school sweethearts. Right. Supposed to ride off in the sunset yes. together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm like 15 at yeah. this time, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so... We break up for the summer, and um, so we were just on and off the whole um, time we were in high school, <clears throat> and, I, and I don't blame him for my choices at all, um, because I take full responsibility for what I chose to do, um, but I... I was so upset that we weren't together that I wanted to go to every party that I could to have fun and get my mind off of him. Because, mm -hmm. you know, that's what all my friends were saying. Um, and so that's what I started doing. Well, then that led to, um, and that was drinking. So at that point, all I was doing was drinking. 
And um, so that led to, we went to um, basketball camp and some of the girls got together and they're like, we're gonna take alcohol. And I was like, awesome. That's, you know, let's do it. Yeah. And so some of the girls like got alcohol from their house, brought it to the camp. We drank in the hotel one night um, and it was like half a water bottle for like six of us. So, I mean, we didn't get like tore up or anything, yeah. but um, some of the underclassmen found out and they told um, their parents, well, the parents, you know, contacted the principal. Um, so I got suspended from school and um, that was my junior year of high school. Um, so just a year um, from the time, you know, I started partying to um, getting suspended from school. And um, so, yes, that was awful and that was very embarrassing. You know, my mom worked at the school, um, so embarrassing for her. And um, so then, um, you know, I got suspended for, um, I think it was a week or two weeks. And so I went back to school. Um, and then all my friends were like, hey, you're back, you know, party. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yes. So um, we do another party, you know. And so then, you know, everybody's like, you know, we're going to have this party here. And I'm like, okay, awesome, let's go. So me and that guy are back together. Um, and so we go, and he is smoking weed. And he's like, come on, like, just do it, just do it. So I did, and um, so we stayed together um, for another week, and that was huge. You know, like usually if I did something he didn't, or I said no to something that he did, I mean, it's just like, okay, bye, I'll find somebody else. And then so the next thing was pills, and I was like, I don't want to do that. And um, so he would leave me, you know, and he would find somebody else. Um, well, so we had went to a, a campground, um, a bunch of us and uh, we all you know got um, drunk that night and um, some of the girls uh, jumped into the lake and um, I remember being so messed up that I couldn't see straight and so, some of the girls were you know screaming like I can't get out I can't get out and I remember standing there and thinking I can't even help somebody that is helpless right now and um, somehow they got out well, so fast forward, um, that was a summer um, after our junior year. And um, so my senior year, we, um, we are, you know, doing the same stuff um, back and forth with this guy. Um, but at this point, um, I am to the point where when I go to parties, um, I don't feel bad about it anymore. Um, and I remember that one good friend that I had, she, uh, she was like, you know, y'all, y'all don't need to be doing all of that. And she was trying to, you know, talk to us about Jesus or whatever. And I remember sitting there thinking, God, can you please shut up? I do not mm. want to hear this. Yeah. And, um, and so then uh, we graduate and I and, and me and the guy are together at this point and 
We, um, can I ask a question here? Mm -hmm. Is Tennessee still the goal? University no. of Tennessee? No. WNBA, any of those aspirations? No. Okay. At this point, I don't have a goal. I don't have a plan. Um, your, your goal is the next party? Yes. The next gather, okay. But looking back now, um, touching on that, I think I, ha I got, um, since my sophomore year, I was injured at least once for each season. Like okay. in softball season, yeah. I had, you know, a torn <coughs> something in my shoulder. Mm -hmm. I, at during basketball, I broke my ankle. Um, mm -hmm. You know, each year it was some kind of injury that set me back. When I was a junior and I got suspended, I didn't play that year. Yeah. Um, and so I think looking back, that was protection from God. If I would have went to Tennessee to play ball, could you imagine the party? Yeah, I was going to say, no time what would happen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, and I had went to showcase tournaments. I had went and I had offers, you know, for sports. Um, but for whatever reason, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to go. Um, but I graduated, so I turned those um, offers away. And um, all of my friends quote-unquote friends that I thought were my friends, um, they, you know, backstabbed me. They um, left me high and dry. They weren't my true friends. Um, and I had to learn that the hard way. Um, and so I felt very alone. Um, I remember graduating and thinking, like, I don't even have friends to take pictures with. Like, I don't call any of these of my friends. Um but so we graduated that summer. Um, I found out that uh, I was pregnant. And when I found out that I was pregnant, I was so afraid that my parents were going to kick me out. Um, they didn't even want me dating him because he had gotten into his trouble. Um, he had uh, got on drugs and he didn't want um, I think he had gotten suspended from school yeah. um, you know just he was making his decisions and my parents being good parents didn't want me to be with him um, they could see you know the just ripple effect of us being together and um, and so I found out I was pregnant I was so afraid my parents were going to kick me out I was so afraid you know that how in the world am I going to raise this baby? I'm 18 years old. Um, you know, I knew that I did not want to get an abortion or anything like that. I knew, um, I knew that I wanted to keep the baby, but I just didn't know what life looked like right there. I mean, my world was wrecked. Yeah. I, my world was turned upside down, you know, I thought. And, um... <coughs> I remember, um, you know, he was like, you know, how is it, how do I even know if it's my baby, you know, all the things, and that hurt, that hurt a lot, and then um, a week after, um, you know, I told him I was pregnant, and he was like, yeah, like, I'm done, like, don't, you know, talk to me or whatever, and so I was like, okay, and, um, and I hadn't, I haven't talked to him, you know, since then, and I'm glad, but I remember I started hair school. Um, my mom, you know, she was talking to me and she was like, what do you think that you want to do? And 
was like, you know, I don't really know. And she's like, well, let's go to hair school. Um, and that was before I started hair school, um, a week before I found out I was pregnant. And so, um, I remember being, gosh, like probably two months pregnant. Um, and you know, just going through being alone and being pregnant. Um, and I had, I had the support of my mom and my dad, you know, my dad was not, you know, jumping up and down for joy, finding out that his 18 year old daughter was pregnant, but, um, they didn't kick me out. And yeah. my mom, um, she actually, when I, the night that I told her I was pregnant, she looked at me with a smile on her face and said, this is what I've been praying for. She said, I have been praying that God would do something to get your attention, to get you away from the guy that you were chasing and the life that you were chasing. Wow. And you know, so thankful for a praying mama. <laughs> um, and, you know, I was thinking, like, I thought you were about to, like, smack me, like, kick me out of the house. You know, she's like, no. She was like, and she tells this, um, her side, she said, I felt a piece go from the top of my head down to my feet. And she said, um, you know, we love you. And, um, you know, we will be here for you. And I'm so glad that she did. And, but when yeah, when you saw her that smile, you're like, okay, she snapped. Gonna, she snapped. She snapped. She snapped. This yes, is it. Like, I died. Yeah, I died this tonight. is it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yes, yes. Right. Yeah. But um, I can remember being in hair school and um, you know, just kind of going through like all the emotions of you know, poor pitiful me, and you know, um, how am I going to do this? You know, how am I going to pay for this stuff? And you know, um. I remember there was so many people at hair school that were like, just get an abortion. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to be real honest. Um, I entertained that thought for a solid 10 minutes and it, the devil was just whispering in my ear, you know, you could do so much more. You could make so much more money. You know, you could um, you could even go and play, you know, ball again. You know, you could go do all these things. Don't have this baby. And for whatever... Now, I hadn't been to church in a long time. For whatever reason, I thought, I'm just going to pray about it. Yeah. So, I went to the bathroom at hair school and I got down on my knees in the bathroom and I prayed and I said, God, I do not understand why this happened to me, but I am going to trust you and please do not leave me. And God said, and this is as clear as me and you talking. And he talked to my heart and he said, I promise you everything will be okay. Wow. And when God promises something, yeah. he keeps it. Yeah. And, um, I had Nathan and it was like when they handed me him, it was like I knew he was going to love me as much as I loved him. And it was just like a change in my life. And it was like I was going to, and I remember sitting there holding him and I remember thinking and just praying and, you know, saying, I'm going to do everything in my power to protect you. Mm -hmm. And I love you so much. <coughs> and um, can I ask a question? Mm -hmm. Why Nathan? 
So I know it's like a really important person in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not in a place of that. Yeah. I named him from One Tree Hill. Okay. <laughs> named okay. him Scott. He's okay. a basketball star. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, I know all about Nathaniel in the Bible. Okay. And I'm just like, okay, maybe God was in on that. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. Either way. I don't know if it's a family name, like no. a relative you loved. or No. It was One Tree Hill. One Tree Hill. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um. But, uh, I lost my train of thought, but, um, you know, when I was pregnant, um, I, I struggled with being alone and feeling alone. Um, because I mean, you want to share those things with a special time of life because I, I saw forever with the guy that I was dating. I saw, you know, I wanted that. And, um, for him, to leave and abandon, you know, me in that way, it hurt. And, um, I had to struggle through being alone, but I'm thankful for that because I learned a lot about God during that time. Um, I learned that God's going to love me more than any man can. Um, I learned that God is going to be there when no one else will. Um, and I learned that, you know, he will supply everything that I need. And I didn't know that I needed a little boy, you know, Mm. um, but God did. And, um, I don't know. It was, uh, it was a blessing 100%, um, that I got pregnant. Um, but the friends that I used to party with, you know, when they found out I was pregnant, they were still kind of in contact with me. Um, you know, ask how I'm doing, and they came to the baby shower. Um, when I had, when I got pregnant, um, you know, they were still doing the things that they were doing, and to this day, they still are. Um, but I think God gave me Nathan one to get me back into church. My focus changed, my world changed, my priorities changed, and my friends changed. Um, and that was the beginning of, I think, my growth in a, being a Christian. Because I didn't really do that after getting saved. I went the other way. I didn't grow. So yeah. getting pregnant and having Nathan um, changed my focus and put my eyes back on Jesus. Um, so was the lowest point those 10 minutes you were thinking about aborting? No. That wasn't the lowest? Um, I would probably say my low, my absolute lowest point was right before I got pregnant. Um, it was right before I graduated high school. Um, now, mind you, when I was partying and when I was doing, I was getting in trouble with my parents constantly. Um, and I remember my dad looking at me because I had asked him to go to a friend's house, and they were like, "No, because we can't trust you." And I looked at my dad and I was like, you don't trust me. And he said, I have no trust for you. And um, he was like, you have disappointed me more than any of my kids. And, you know, um, that hurt me because I love my daddy. (laughs) And that night, I um, I was in the shower and I had thought that I would be doing my parents a favor if I ended my life. And I thought that they would be relieved if 
if I had done that. And um, I remember standing there in the shower, and I was like, and I was about, I was about to do it, and and God just spoke to me, and He was like, "Your life has purpose, and I have things in store for you, and I love you, and um, and I didn't do it, and I'm so thankful that I didn't." Um, but I, I fought that, you know, I fought that, I, I let that be a foothold in my, in my mind. And, you know, sometimes to this day, um, you know, when you get down and low and, you know, people that you love are mad at you or you think that they're mad at them or they're mad at you, um, you know, the devil whispers that and, um, and I have to fight it, you know, and I have to think, you know, no, my life has purpose, you know, and you're not, you're not going to take that from me, you yeah. know, and, um, but I think that was probably my lowest point. And God intervened, intervened there, and then the 10 minutes you were thinking about just mm-hmm. terminating the brakes, that God intervened there as well, so. And you have to think, I hadn't been to church, I hadn't prayed, I hadn't, I didn't even know where my Bible was, mm-hmm. um, in six years so when you're saved (laughs) you are in the palm of God's hand Mm -hmm. you know it don't matter how much you go to church how much you pray how much you read your Bible you're still saved and you are still right there with God and he you know he don't leave you (laughs) he's still gonna look after you too yes 100% but yeah yes that's right but I think that was probably my lowest point. Okay. Um, how about that Christian friend? Is she was she still around during she, these times? Like, hey, like, come on back. Well, know? I don't blame her, but she um, got away from us, um, which she needed to. Yeah. yeah. Um, but her and her husband actually live in India. They are full time missionaries in India. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I, I watch her um, videos and stuff on mm-hmm. Instagram, but she um, she is living over there and um, doing wow. the Lord's work. So wow, yeah. So uh, how about you, Mark? You want to kind of get into post salvation? You said fourteen year old, everything changed. Everything changed. Yeah. I see where I well, I'll start there. It fourteen year old. Ninth grade, you know, going in just now, starting high school. Uh, everything that the you know, high schoolers or teenagers doing. I mean, I can I can remember giving in, and that first time I gave in, I I was thinking about this the other day that uh, that first time that I gave in. I mean, from that moment forward, I think that that was what my focus was. It just was a switch that flipped that every opportunity that I could find to, you know, go out drinking or, you know, go out partying, you know, et cetera, et cetera, I'd done that. And, and that's what I'd done. And by, you know, most high schoolers, you know, they, they might go party on the weekend where it, by, you know, my sophomore year, it was it done turn into an everyday thing for me. Wow. Where I didn't go to school without it, and when I made it through school, I would come home and start that morning right by you know start that morning over with 
and get right back to drinking until bedtime and then do the same thing over. I mean, it was, uh, I was already a prisoner of alcoholism. At this point, it ain't really, it, the drugs ain't come into play yet, but as much as later on in my life, but I mean, I, 11th grade, there, I, I mean, I can't remember a, a day that I did not go to school, you know, under the influence of something. And then I made it. I mean, I was making it through the grades. I mean, I, there were some setbacks, but I was still getting. I made it 11th grade, made it to 12th grade, had two credits to go. I get leave school at 1130, you know, and all that. And it, it finally had got too much where I would make it look like where I would get up, like my daddy would get me up. My, keep in mind, my daddy is my daddy, me and my sister. And, you know, he's going to work every day providing for us. And, and he would get me up, wake me up before he went to work. So I'd get up and take me a shower like I'm supposed to get ready to go to school. And he'd leave. I'd lay back down or or go to a friend's house. You know, we was doing the same thing. And then when 11.30 rolled around, I'd get out. I'd, what was supposed to happen is I'd get out of school and then go to the job site where he was. I worked with him. He, mm-hmm. he was on his own business. And... So that rolled on for, I don't know, two or three weeks. And then the school, you know, catches on to it and calls him. And he's pretty much, he, he brings it to me, pretty much gives me this ultimatum, either go back to school or go to work full time. I mean, it's, it's just your two options. So, I mean, of course, I'm a teenager that don't want to go to school. The only reason I go to school is to hang out with friends. So I was like, well, let's just, we'll go to work full time, you know, try it out. So, I mean, it, and I was a terrible employee. I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I guess being my daddy, mm-hmm. he couldn't really just crack the whip or fire me, I guess you can say. So, I mean, I took advantage of that. I mean, I wouldn't go to work two or three days a week. Laid up, you know, most of the time. Couldn't hardly get out of bed. But So I decided to go back to school the second semester and try it again. Made it about the same amount of time. Still doing the same thing. And so I quit again and went to work with him. And about this time, Dwayne had went into business with my daddy, and then Joshua and, and a couple of them were. You know, you know that I won't say this about Dwayne. That is one thing why he was so loved and such a great uncle. And through all through everything that I've been through, I I put family through. His love never changed. It didn't yeah. matter. And that was with anybody. Yeah. It, it didn't matter where you've been, what you've done. You, you was treated the same and loved the same as, you know, as one of his own or vice versa. So that rolled on. So I quit school. I'm, I'm working. Well, halfway working. Uh, I, let's see, this early 20s. In, in 2008, when the market or when the recession, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. Uh, so that hit my daddy and Dwayne hard. There were wasn't no work, you know, couldn't uh, couldn't. I mean, couldn't pay bills. I mean, didn't have no money. There wasn't no money coming in, and all the building stopped. And and so my the house that I grew up in, and my daddy's been living there for the seventies. Uh, the bank ended up taking the house, <clears throat> and we moved in with uh, my aunt at the time, 
or still my aunt, but we move it, me and him both move in with her. And this drinking and and at this point it wasn't even really partying. It was just to a point where it was it I mean it was a have to have everyday thing. I mean it was it was like getting up in the morning and putting my pants on. I mean and so we moved in with my aunt and my daddy started getting sick and so after 2008 hit and all all that madness going on I, my daddy actually started drinking himself and it got to a point where it was affecting his health and we was living with my aunt and we he's in and out of the hospital and so it, I was 21 my and I get a phone call. I stayed with a friend that night. I got a phone call from my aunt saying I need to come to the hospital. So uh, I went rushed to the hospital. My daddy something. Oh, he had a cyst on his pancreas, set ruptured, and he stayed in ICU for like two weeks and ended up passing away. Mm-hmm. And I can remember. Uh, I mean, I know Dad's point of you know uh, it's life. I mean that's. Death is part of life, and I understand that. But at this point in my life, you know, I've always he was a he was a best friend to me, and the condition that I was in, it was it took a different toll on me than, I guess, walking with God and losing somebody, you know, close to you. And and I will say this: I can remember uh, Dwayne and Daddy riding down the road and. They and I don't think that I've ever heard, you know, my daddy's testimony or nothing like that. But uh, they was riding down the road, and I think Dwayne had asked him or something about being saved, and and he told him then that yes, he'd been saved. And then when he was laid up in the hospital, Dwayne asked him again, you know, in and out of consciousness, and he told him yet then that he was saved. So there 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 was that little bit of peace about that afterwards, but. I can remember making it a point then that I'm already a full-blown alcoholic at age 21. I've done, you know, got locked up, gone to jail for a few different things, you know, underage stuff, and then I got a DUI a few months after my daddy died. So I can remember then just telling myself that, I mean, this is how, this is what I'm going to do from now on. I'm going to to see how bad, I, I guess pretty much how bad I can get. And that sounds crazy, but, you know, and that's what I've done from early 20s. Uh, I started experimenting with, you know, harder things than alcohol and then alcohol on top of it and to opiates, to methamphetamines. And by my mid-20s, I'm a full-blown drug addict and an alcoholic. I'm... I'm I'm living pillar to post. I'm homeless most of the time. Yeah. I'm unemployable. Can't keep a job. I mean, it, it was. Oh man, I was bound. I was bound and a prisoner of drugs and alcohol, and it is over. It, it overtook my life. I didn't have a car. You know, when my aunt sold her house, so at that point, I I had a good enough friend, and to this day, he's still. A, He's still a good friend. That he he let me move in with him, and but didn't have a car. I I, <laughs> I pawned my title of the car, and they 
found it, took it, and I don't know, it was a real, go back to the sin is fun for a season. I mean, I don't know for everybody, but that season was very short for me. I mean, it, it turned it turned to misery real quick. And for a long time, I mean, you're looking at, I don't know, starting at a teenager to really just up to two, three years ago, two and a half years ago, yeah. where, you know, God finally intervened. I, I can remember I just 2016, I, I got to a point where I was pretty much lit. I, I was living in a house that the, somebody had moved out of, rent wasn't paid. I was pretty much, what do you call it, squatting. Squatting, yeah, yeah. And at the time, my cousin, I had a cousin that was running a, a residential treatment program in, in New Holland. And at that point, I was just like, man, I've, I've got to do something. You know, you know, I don't have nowhere to live. I can't. I can't live with drugs, I can't live without drugs. I mean, it was just, I didn't, I, I, I didn't see no out. I did. I really couldn't see no out. And so I called him and he come pick me up and took me in, my family, you know, helped pay entry fees and all that stuff and, and we. Is uh, this your road to recovery? Is that starting? Yes, you can say that this was the very start of it can, can, can we pause right there yeah. we've got a few minutes before we take a break but leading up to this moment was there any a moment or a thought in your mind you said you know i want to go back to god was there a friend or a preacher somebody said hey bro i'm praying for you well i Something mean i like always that. had you know I've dwayne riles had, maybe trying to beat well, you in the head he trying was, to get you oh, yeah. Yeah. i mean when jared when jared was uh, building on to his house, Dwayne was doing the work, and then I can't. That may have been. That may have been after this or before, but I tried. I got. When I got off to the harder, the when I started taking that road, mm-hmm. I tried to distance myself as much as possible, because I was ashamed of who I was. I mean, who I was and. There's certain things that I that I had started doing that I had made a, I had made a promise to myself that I wouldn't ever do, and when I broke that promise to myself, I mean it was another blow. It was another crushing blow. I was like, well, I'm really scratching the bottom here. You know what I mean? And mm. so, and Dwayne, I like you was talking about Dwayne. I mean, I I went down there. I showed up down there to help him one day, and. Just high, you know, I was high as a kite, and and every time I've seen him, and it was always love. We'll be praying, I'll definitely be praying for you. And I always had my family praying for me, and I know it. Even when Dwayne was here, a pastor here, I'd, I'd caught wind that I was on the prayer list here, mm-hmm. or oh, that yeah. they had yeah. stood up and requested yeah. prayer for me. Yeah, and and I know that it's always been like that. And me and Rhonda talked after he passed away about. And I know Rhonda prayed for me, all of them, but, and she kept, she's always saying, you know, Dwayne's prayed for this for a long time. And, you know, at that point, I I just started coming back around a little bit and, you know, getting getting in the right mindset and trying to, trying to reach out to God a little, a little more. And, and, and I know that 
thank God for answer prayers and yeah. praying people because yeah. I mean if it wasn't for being for my family and you know and God's mercy they I don't I mean I I really I was thinking about on the way over here about how he should have struck I mean God should have struck me down a long time ago yeah. he should have killed me for the way that I was living. And he didn't. He spared me, and I and yeah. I try to thank him every day for that. Cause I mean, the misery that I was living in, the things that I was doing, the things I was doing to my body, the things I was doing to others. It, I mean, it, it's no way. And this is as a saved man. So I started that. Uh, we're going. We're going to take a break here in just a second. But but you saying that. Um, there's many times God could have given up on, on you and it been justified. Oh, absolutely. I feel the same way in my life. So many times God could have given up on me, and and who are we to argue with God? Him go, well, look what you did to me. Right. And we go, yes, sir. But He didn't. Right. He loved us. So let's take a break. We'll come back in, start back on your journey to recovery. Then we'll go to over to you, Savannah, for uh, now Nathan's born. So we can talk about raising a child and. Uh, did you go back to church before or after he was born? Before. Before. As okay. soon as I found out I was pregnant, I got back yeah. in the church. So we'll touch on that, then get into Nathan being born, and we'll go from there. Okay. All right, so we're back with Savannah and Mark. So uh, before we left off, Mark, you talking about how you, you went into a rehabilitation program just go ahead and start back with that and kind of share finish up the rest of that portion of your testimony all right so i was uh i was at a pretty low low and had a cousin that was a director of a of a residential program in in new holland and decided he'd done he'd done i I mean him talked a bunch and he'd done told me hey whenever you're ready let me know let me know and at this point i was ready to do something I say that, so he come and picked me up. Family helped me pay for, you know, the entries and all that. Bought me clothes, it was right around Christmas. Bought me clothes, kind of haven't got me set up. So I was all in, I feel like, the first week. And I was still, I was still wanting to hang on to some of that old life. Maybe I wasn't fully ready to give all that up. So I wasn't there. Well, I tell you what we would do. We would go there. We would have in-house meetings, and uh, my uncle Scotty used to pastor uh, Lula Assembly of Praise, mm-hmm. and they would do. It was kind of like a uh, a faith teaching or whatever. So we would go there like once a week, and you know, and have this little meeting about you know redirecting your life, yada yada. So. Anyways, I was there for 32 days, I think, and, and I'm, I ended up talking my cousin in to let me go on a pass, and I went on that pass, and it was, I went out, got picked up, messed up again, I come back, told him what I had done, and he let me hang around, but I made it maybe another week, and I, and I was off to the races again, and, it, and at that time, that was the first time that I had went to a actual AA meeting and me and my cousin Tanya Turner that had passed away a few years ago, uh, me and her went together. So 
I left rehab and I guess really never looked back until, and keep in mind these old, all these years and addiction and all this, I'm in and out of jail, I'm, you know, living from pillar to post, uh, doing God knows what or he, he knows what, but uh, I, I started getting into bigger trouble. 2018, I, I caught some some felony charges and so this rolled on and then 2019 I've caught a big felony charge that held a long prison sentence if convicted. Uh, so when I got I caught that charge, I was sitting in jail and I was thinking the whole time, you know, rehab, if I can get into rehab, if I can get into residential, then at that time, it was really my only way out of jail is the way that I looked at it. And so I had talked to uh, my public defender, yada, yada, all them. I talked to them to let me go to rehab. I I talked to the owners of the rehab. Hey, I had tax money coming. So they come and pick me up from jail. I, I was uh, and went straight to rehab, and that was in 2019, and went to residential. Uh, the name of it's Kickstart. Where it was, I still at this point, I, even after all these felonies and this prison time over my head, I still that that switch had not flipped. I still my mindset was pretty much make it through this rehab and I, I mean I was doing what I had to do to make it through and I you know my mindset was well I'm gonna get done and I'm gonna drink but I ain't gonna do drugs or it wouldn't hey I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna live right it was it was all wrong and I still I, I can I can remember laying in bed at the rehab where I get where I, I would pray at night. I might pray before I go to bed, and I just, I just, I don't. It was kind of like they wouldn't go no higher than the ceiling, and and at that time I would call Dwayne when I was in that rehab and just talk to him and say, hey, just I'm doing good. Just pray for me, you know. And about six months into it, I I, I kind of stopped worried about the outside world, and I was starting to get a little bit of peace about me, about things. Maybe my mind was starting to come back around, but I was, I still try, I don't know, it was like I was hanging on to something. And so I got out of the rehab and the moment that I, the moment that I got out of rehab, I went back to the same old thing. I mean, the moments I stepped foot outside of it. And, and I still had the mindset. I see, I always, I had all these, you know, charges still, over my head, they ain't been took care of. So, you know, and I had this mindset, maybe it was the devil just keeping me in that vicious cycle that, hey, you might as well keep doing what you're doing. You're going to prison anyway. So, I mean, and that rolled on and these charges kept up or caught up with me. And so I got, or I got convicted of three of them and the judge offered me uh, what they call drug court. And at that time, I was done at, within like four or five months of being out of rehab, I was already at another bottom, done through everything that I had gained in rehab, you know, out the door. And he mentioned this other program and the program that I was in, I mean, they did plant a seed. I mean, once, and 
So he mentioned drug court, and I was sitting there thinking, well, you know, maybe it's time to get things back together again. So I accepted that program and started that program, and then the, the big charge, the big felony charge that I got that held prison time, they ended up running it with what I had going on. So if I can do this program, then the prison sentence goes away, kind of. So, and that's getting in drug court and getting some structure back in my life and going to AA meetings, starting to pray, starting to read. I slowly start feeling the Spirit of God start coming back into my life. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it was amazing, but talk about that. And <laughs> I understand. I got you. So in those moments where you called Dwayne and asked him to pray for you, were you asking him because you know, he said your prayers didn't go above the ceiling? She's like, but but I mean, God listens to Dwayne. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll ask him to pray for me. God listens. I to mean, him. yeah, that's the way that. Yeah. <laughs> really, who am I listening to? Yeah. I mean, I don't deserve for him. That's I guess that was really my mindset. I don't deserve for him to listen to anything I got to say. Yeah. To be honest, I'm I'm grateful that he ain't struck me, you know, yeah. if he took me on out for yeah. the way that I was living. Yeah. Then, well, yeah, I understand that. I figured so. out it was better to ask people with a whole lot better connection than me right. to, to right. pray for me. <laughs> well, in our own mind, that's how it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, Savannah, you said that um, whenever um, you found out she was pregnant is when you started talking about things about coming back into church. So let's, let's go from there then get back to where Nathan's born and we'll okay. go further. Um, so I found out I was pregnant and I don't think it was just a cautious decision of like, okay, I'm turning my life back to Jesus. I'm going back to church. I'm doing all of this. I think it was just, um, I had met one of my, uh, friends, uh, Taylor Hanty at the time. Um, and she, we started hair school together and she was very involved in church. And so I was like, you know, she prays before she eats. Yeah. You know, I hadn't done that since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I need to get back into church. And so, and at this time, you know, my younger sister, she is playing travel softball. And so my parents, you know, on Saturdays are at the ball field, like how we, you know, grew up and stuff. And, um, and I've heard my mom say this, but one Sunday, I got up and I got ready and my mom came in there and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to church. And she was like, oh, okay. Um, what time is it? And so I told her and she's like, let me hop in the shower. And so she got ready. Mm -hmm. And so she, I heard her yelling at my dad, Tim, get up out of the bed. We're going to church, you know? <laughs> and um, So I've heard her say that me getting back into church brought them back into church. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And I didn't think of it that way. All I was thinking about was I need to get back. You know, I need to get back, uh, you know, going to church. And um, so I went one Sunday, and um, I feel like some people there judged me. Um, but there was more love than there was judge. And yeah. um, Jason Buffington was the pastor at the time. And yeah. um, he never once said 
anything sideways to me. Um, he opened me or opened the church with open arms. You know, he, he gave nothing but love. And, um, you know, I remember him saying, um, you know, one day, you know, you're going to have this baby and this is exactly where you need to be. And, um, and that's, and then, you know, I felt like there for a while, I mean, every Sunday, like, I didn't really, I'm kind of private. I don't really, like, tell my parents, you know, like, hey, like, I'm getting ready to go here or whatever. It's almost like pulling teeth for them to, you know, get any information mm -hmm. out of me. Um, but I've always been that way. And my mom would come in my room every Sunday, and she'd be like, are we going to church today? And I'm like, yes. Like, it's Sunday. <laughs> Just wake up and get ready, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, we're going. Yeah. And eventually, you know, it wasn't just like a once in a month we're going. It was every Sunday we're going. Um, and so everybody knew, like, Sunday was rolling around. You get up, you get ready, we're going to church, you know. And um, and so that's when I felt like I started going um, to church and really um, relearning um, the stories of the Bible. I felt like I had to restart. Um, you know, as a kid, you go to Sunday school, you learn about Noah, you learn about Moses, you learn about all the things. Um, yeah, all of that was gone. I mean, I knew Noah built a boat, and I knew Moses, like, was in a basket, but that was the most I knew about them. Yeah. Um, so when I got pregnant and got back into church, um, I had to relearn and restart. And, um, and I feel like Jason helped me be, you know, okay with, yes, you are pregnant and yes, you're not married and yes, you're 18, but this is exactly where you need to be. You yeah. need to be in the house of God. You know, yeah. if, if we turn you away, none of us yeah. could be here. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that was huge because, <coughs> you know, I mean, I felt like a lot of people can hide their sins. I was pregnant. <laughs> you can't hide that. It's a little hard to hide that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I started going back to church um, when I found out I was pregnant. So kind of to bring in, I guess, we went through the, <clears throat> I guess, a broad overview of the timeline um, of the struggles that, that God has brought you through. So you said when you were two months pregnant, that's when you had the thought mm -hmm. for ten minutes. You didn't. I mean, not like you entertained it for and really thought about it. You just for ten minutes. It was a long ten minutes. It's long ten minutes. Yeah. So you'd already gotten back into church, and even then, I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's and I've heard Dwayne say this. Um, you know, the lions never attack the zebra that's in the herd. Mm -hmm. It's always the one that's outside, weak, sickly kind of thing, and how important it is to come to church. So even though you were back in church, you found yourself surrounded by people saying, well, just get rid of it, just forget about it. And that's when the devil tried to take in and get a hold of you. But again, even then, our God still comes in. Yes. He, he's, he's that, he's that line, of, line of Judah that comes yes. in and says, no, we ain't doing this. <laughs> okay. Because I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't want people to get the impression once you come back to church, all your problems are over. No. It's rainbows and lollipops no. and sunshine. So it, we're still going to have rough times. But yeah. that's why coming to church is the most important, one of the most important things. Having that personal relationship is the most important. But to gather yourself together with people that are like faith, like-minded to help strengthen each other, 
to face the world. So, and I uh, want to say too, um, when I did come back, um, you know, to church, and it was no secret; everybody knew that I was pregnant. Even when you know you couldn't really tell, mm-hmm. um, word obviously had got out, and and I don't blame people. I, I don't hold a grudge. I'm not mad at them or anything. Um, I'm saying this to hopefully help somebody, um, but those couples that were trying to get pregnant and have been trying for a long time, and then you see this 18-year-old that's mm-hmm. been out living in sin come in with the one thing that you want most and have been praying years for, um, and I had overheard them say, you know, how come she gets what I've been praying for? Um, and I, and the first emotion that I had wasn't anger, wasn't, well, I'm never coming back here. My heart broke for her because this, this wasn't my plan. This was not what I quote unquote wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt bad. I felt sorry for her. Um, and you know, maybe just to encourage those that maybe are seeing people get what you are wanting um, and later on, you know, they ended up di- getting pregnant. Um, yeah. but you know, I was in a season of life that, um, probably could have killed me and God intervened and that's how he intervened. Um, and in the season of waiting, it's hard. It mm-hmm. is extremely hard. Um, because there was another season of my life that I was praying for something and I was waiting and waiting and um, felt like everybody around me was getting what I was praying for and I couldn't understand why. Um, But just because they're getting, they're in the receiving season Mm -hmm. of life doesn't mean that yours isn't coming. Mm -hmm. You're just in a waiting period and who knows how long they're in their waiting period. You know, you're just seeing their receiving season. Mm-hmm. Um, so just stay faithful. You know, if you're in that season of waiting, stay faithful to God. And um, if He's promised you something, He will keep it. And um, and just just lean on God. Um, and don't get discouraged. And try not to, um, you know, be jealous of what other people are getting. And I know it's hard because I do it. But, um, you know, just remember that, God hadn't forgot about you, and your yeah. prayers are being yeah. heard. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just wanted to, to touch oh, on yeah. that, um, yeah. and to be that person um, that shows, you know, Jesus's love. Um, there was a girl um, at Timberridge; she got pregnant, and it was almost like I was looking from the outside at myself. And I remember thinking, I want to show her as much love as I received. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I tried, um, and I and I do love her. I, I mean, I love her and I love her daughter and their whole family. Um, but I pray that, I pray that, you know, people would feel God's love through me um, just because I know what it feels like to be that mm-hmm. outcast. And for people, for Christians, to not judge you and not look at the sin, but see a sinner and love them, you know, and to love like Jesus. And, um, but yeah, I, I, I want to try to encourage you to, you know, just, just love them, just love on them. Um, but yeah. 
So that's when he came back to the fold is through the pregnancy and Nathan being born. So um, what about you, Mark? What kind of brought you back into church? So I started uh, that program in 2019. And for some odd reason, I've never, I threw out the addiction and all that. I've not never, I've not really reached out to my family or none of that. I, I'd always try to figure it out myself. Even trying to, you know, try to get clean and sober. I always try to do it myself. Not, you know, not take suggestions or none of that. And, you know, it took a long time for me to realize that I can't do it myself. There's only one way that it can be done. But, yeah. and, I, and I started that program and started, I don't know, I was two or three months into it. And I just, I guess I was kind of on this pink cloud and I wanted to talk to my family. Every morning I was, uh, let's see, I was working with Pete Harrison so I, and doing electrical work in Jefferson. So I had a long drive. So every morning when I would drive, I had like five people that I would call. I would call Dwayne being one of them, uh, Casey Riley, uh, and just several others that, you know, I would check, check on them. I would talk about things. And so I started, I started coming around, like just out of the blue, started coming around my family, started coming around people that ain't been around. And these are people that know the work, what I've been off doing and the way that I've been living and it blowed my mind of for one I don't know why it blew my mind but just like coming back around my family it was mm -hmm. like I never left yeah. and then when I made it back around my church family it was I mean it was like they I don't know the love that it was showed it was it was unreal like they you know that they've never been gone but so after I don't know when June of 2019, anyway, 20, maybe in 20, I don't know, 19, 2020, something like that. It, yeah. yeah, 2021, I don't know where I got, I got off, way off, but anyways, I started Joshua, I started talking to Joshua Riles too, mm -hmm. you know, and and he kept saying, hey, why don't you come work with us, why don't you come work with us, why don't you come work with us, so I finally, I finally went over and, and started working with him, and and that's been a that's been a blessing, but and they go to Diamond Hill, so at this point I I don't I'm not even sure that I've even got into those scriptures or anything like that, but so he kept asking me, Hey, come to church, come to church, come to church and so I went to Diamond Hill a couple of times and the and I went one day and there was some conviction, some drawing off you know, after the service and it's something that, you know, I've not felt in a very long time. Yeah. I was like, man, so, so after I felt that and went to the altar and kind of prayed about some things and, and got up and I was like, man, I need to, this is the only way. This is the only way that I'm ever going to get back to me and get back to God. I've got to dedicate it. And so right around that same time, uh, Timbridge has asked, and I ain't, I ain't been back to Timbridge at this point, but I run into Cody and, and Cody Riley, and uh, Timbridge had asked Cody to, you know, to come pastor, and I run into him one day, and he's been a, 
he's been a huge help in yeah. in guiding me, praying for me, and and just helping me when I'm in need. And he said, I told him, I said, if you come pastor, I'll come to him. So it it was like, all right, well, I'll start in two weeks. So yeah. we'll see you then. So so I mean, and, and I so here we are. I can start going back to Timbridge, and I'm I'm starting to feel like there's hope again. I'm there. The Lord's blessing me with a little touch of spirit, you know, yeah. that little glimmer of hope. Yeah. And I'm going to Timbridge and, and I'm trying to get back in the scriptures. I, I'm sitting down with, with Casey Riles doing a Bible study every so often. When he, in the first book we started in his first John, he got talking about some, him and some other guys doing first John. So we get in first John and meet for lunch and go to first John and, and, we discuss it and and talking about you know it, it talks about First John of how you can pretty much pinpoint if you are a saved man or not you know about the love if you have love for others yeah and during this time though I've in going to Timbridge and stuff and I'm starting to get a lot of doubt a lot of doubt about my salvation and and especially the I'm, the, I'm thinking my thoughts is is how can a saved person, man, be you know live the way that I've lived? You ran so far. I've yeah. ran so far, yeah. and I know nothing's out of the reach. But I, it, I had felt like I was out of the reach, and it was kind of. I mean, it seemed like every service I'd get thinking about it more and more, and and then about the time, I, what was that song? Uh, Anyway, there was a song come on, let me tell you about with Jesus and all that. And so there was a time at, at Timbridge, I guess the the next time that I really felt maybe some, some drawing, some the spirit uh, it, it move on me. And, you know, when I went to the altar and, and prayed and kind of got up and testified, <clears throat> hey, let me tell you, well, you know what my Jesus is doing for me. Because mm-hmm. at this point, I'm, I'm kind of on pink clouds, you know, I'm... I'm I'm loving life. I'm loving, you know, the 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 little touches that I'm getting. Yeah. And so, uh, right about the time, right about the time Dwayne died, I had got COVID at the same time he did, and and I know they're just kind of backtracking a little bit, but I I was so I had quarantined for however many days it was, so. And, you know, and I, and I started that, and about six or so days into it, I had slipped again. And at that point, I was like, man, are you kidding me? Here I am, you know, <laughs> no desire whatsoever to do like that. And six, seven days into it, I, <coughs> I fall short, and, mm-hmm. I, and I slip and fall. And, and, and got, you know, and told, got, they told, Joshua and them and what had happened and they was like, Well, I mean, you come back, so let's let's just pick up where you started. Mm-hmm. And so that rolled on and and I picked up and I tried to get on I tried to get on fire. That that day when I done that is really when I, I come to realize that I'm not special. I'm nothing I I can't do this my way. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. There's only one way that I'm gonna have any victory in this life, in this worldly life, and that, mm-hmm. and that's through Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. so I really hit it hard. I started 
reading. I started getting into scriptures. I, I started, you know, I church every Sunday, talking to people, praying, and I was kind of getting on fire. I mean, I, and I, you know, even music was yeah. was sounding different. I mean, the songs they 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 had more meaning, I guess, than me just riding down the road yeah. listening to them. Yeah. You know, and it, the words would stick out. I mean, it was like, man, this. Anyways, I started getting on. I, I started getting on fire. You know, his touch was getting stronger, and <laughs> Cody was in revival at Yellow Creek, and I remember this. I got saved on a Friday, and this was on a Friday, and I don't know, Friday's a good day. There's a lot of good things happening on Friday. <laughs> yeah. And so Cody was in revival. I Here I am starting to feel a little more and more of the touch of God, and that day, that Friday, I mean, that Friday morning, it, it started. I mean, he he started, he started. His spirit started flowing in me, and it, it got on me, and it was all day. I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. I, I still wasn't a hundred percent positive of what, yeah. you know, what it was about. But I just know, you know, I I told this the other day. The songs, man, every song that I that I heard was just like the meanings was hitting me in the face, you know, like the real meanings of yeah. what they're singing for. Yeah. I knew what they were singing about. Yeah. And I met Cody that afternoon and rode with him, and he, he said something about, the, well, you ready to testify? I said, well, I, matter of fact, I am. I've been waiting <laughs> on this all day. So I, I don't, I, we rode on the other creek, you know, and, it, and the spirit was still all over me and still wasn't 100% what it was about, but, I know that I wanted to get in the altar and pray about it. And I know that you don't have to be in the altar, but I yeah. felt like that's yeah. where I needed to be. Yeah. And it's a good place to be. Yeah, it's an awesome place to to go and <laughs> give it to the Lord. Yeah. And so we got to church, they sung, they preached, altar call, here I go, and and I hit my knees and the first I mean, I was still even before I got to the altar I wasn't sure what what it was about, but the first words come out of my my mouth was, Lord, forgive me. I mean, mm-hmm. I I finally know what truly repentance was. Yeah. I I asked for forgiveness of <laughs> maybe the shame I had brought him the way that I had lived and the poor Christian that I had been. I mean, it's give a Christian a bad name with it. But, and I know that he's a forgiving God. Mm-hmm. And he forgave me that day for, and I know he's forgiven me before that but yeah. that's what yeah. repentance is we yeah. have to we have to truly ask yeah. for it in the long you know in the, ask and, 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 and turn away from it as well yeah. right yeah so i've done that and i couldn't help but testify after that about how you know that i've been living and so i i kind of it wasn't long i think maybe a month after that i I got baptized again, rededicated oh, wow. my life. Yeah. Uh, I don't do it enough, but I really need to tell. And I try to do it people outside of church because I've had plenty of opportunities since this to that people that are struggling, mm-hmm. whether because I've heard it so many times about, well, God, I've gone too God, uh, too far for God, and and I just want to tell any. Anybody that's backslidden or anybody that uh, a lost person, there's there's no out of reach for God. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there's 
he's always there. I mean, just like it says, never leave you or forsake you. And that's been what's well, been no more true. Because if that was true, I wouldn't be sitting here telling you about how good God's been to me and what He's brought me through. Yeah. I mean, and that's how. That's what I hope that that I can always remember where He brought me from and and share it with other people that either are unsure or have fell off a little bit. And like, well, I know I know a man who can. Yeah. So. Exactly. Exactly. So let's let's take another break here. And then we'll come back in and talk post rededication and then advice you'd give somebody else that's facing the same thing that y'all went through. So So we're back with, with Savannah and, and Mark. Uh, so uh, during this time, y'all, you've faced hopeless situations. You thought it was hopeless situations. Um, strayed from God. Like you said, Mark, at one point in time, you thought you'd run too far where, you know, God would never accept you back in. He did. Church, come back to church. Church loves you. Church is supporting you. So what, has there been a, a, a scripture verse, a Bible verse, multiple uh, a song somewhere, something to kind of help give you some strength um, that, that you've that you've read or studied or looked into or anything like that. Well, the of course the one that is always going to hold dearest place in my heart because of it was read the night that I got saved, and I, I mean it, it's a very very uh, everybody knows it, but it, you know John three sixteen. God loved the world, that whosoever will, you know, believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But when I was getting back into the scriptures and starting to feel the you know, feel the spirit of God, start to feel his presence, I was I dove into Romans, probably the first book that I got into. Yeah. And that's a deep book. Oh man, it's hard. It's it's hard. And I've read it and read it and read it. I got stuck on Romans for a while. And we're actually in it, in it at church on Bible study, but I can remember, and this has been probably a year ago or so, but I can remember reading this verse right here about, uh, I'll just read it to you. And Okay, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulations worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope make us not ashamed. So I don't, and I don't even know that the time that this stuck out to me that I was in full understanding of it. But I was starting to get hope back. Yeah. And it to me that it struck that hope was there. If you'll just go, you know, if you'll just come to me, even the bad days come to me on the good days. And come to me, you know, when when things ain't going as fast as you'd like. Yeah. But I was even that old, so, I mean, that's, that took out for me. Uh, I don't know, there's several songs that that yeah. get me flowing, I mean. Yeah. Uh, chorus, I don't know, I, I don't really know the names of them, but you turn on 105.1 or 167 and just let them flow, and there's a lot of them. Yeah. 
What's your mercy done for me? Who is that? Uh, elevation worship? It, no, it, I don't think it is. But anyway, it might be elevation worship. But yeah, it was a good. One. I understand. What about what's you, Savannah? Um. So I didn't really have um, scripture during those times that stood out to me. Um. But since I've studied, um. Since then, I've read scripture that I was like, wow, you know, I was um, really almost like living through those scriptures um, and had no idea. Um, and one of them is uh, John chapter 10, verse 14, and it says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. Um, and I feel like God, I mean, I was saved, you know, God was my shepherd and he knew me. Um, he knew what I needed. Um, he knew where I was. And I knew who he was. You know, when I came back to church and he started speaking to me, I knew who was speaking to me. I yeah. didn't have, I didn't question who, who it was. Yeah. Um, and there is uh, another verse and it says, But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tearing, O oh my God. And if you are going to... What is that verse? That is Psalms 40, verse 17. So Psalms 40, verse 17. And it says, I'm going to read it one more time. It says, But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tearing, O oh my God. And, um, you know, I was... I was in a low point, you know, and, um, you know, thinking back to, you know, when I was going to take my life, you know, God delivered me from that. God delivered me from the crowd that I was hanging out with, mm -hmm. the decisions that I was, he delivered me from all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, cause he is my shepherd and he knows his sheep. Um, and when I came back into, uh, when I came back into church, um, and I was trying to learn all the new, you know, all the stories all over again and um, all of that. I felt like I was still struggling. I was still struggling to read. Um, but I feel like I, I never got to the point where I was discouraged. Um, whereas, like, now sometimes I think, like, I feel like I'm, like, I'm not growing. Like, I feel like I'm almost, like, staggering right now. I haven't grown. You know, I'm not... I'm not getting closer to God or, um, you know, I, I never thought about that. I was just almost like a sponge as a kid in Sunday school. I was just soaking all of what I could of God in. Like I wanted, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to be more and be better. And, um, but I think, um, I think those scriptures are going to help somebody that's going through something right now. It's yeah. just remembering you know, that God will deliver you from mm -hmm. what you're going through. Um, we have to surrender to him, um, but he knows what we need. And, um, and yeah, I mean, the best thing that you could do is read your Bible, you know. And um, I've always said this, and I don't even know where this came from. I think it was just the experience. But, um, you know, everybody's like, just pray. Just pray to God and ask him stuff, you know, ask him to, you know, show you what you need to do or whatever. And I was like, okay. And so I'd pray and I'd pray and I'm like, 
okay, yeah, I don't know how um, you get an answer, you know, and um, I would read my Bible, and this is where it clicked, and I was like, when I pray to God, that's me talking to Him, but when I read His Word, that's Him talking to me, and it all clicked. I mean, it was like a light bulb went off, and um, and it's... uh, (coughs) Do you want me to share the when God asked me if I was enough or no? Right now. You can if you like. Okay. It's up to you. Um, so I had been back into church. Um, Nathan, um, you know, he was a kid. Um, he, it was 2020 quarantine. Um, I couldn't work. I was laying out in the sun, just kind of having a good day. Nathan was riding his bike and I had been, um, you know, praying, um, since Nathan was a year old that God would, you know, just, send me a husband, a godly man, and a godly, you know, father for Nathan, and, um, that was just, like, a strong desire of mine, and, uh, and I want to probably say that I was praying for that more than I was the lost people around me, um, you know, I felt like I put that above everything, and God asked me, hit me like a train, and said, am I enough for you? Um, and of course, you know, with tears coming down, I mean, I'm laying out here in the sun and listening to, um, when I lay my Isaac down by CT Townsend and I'm like, wow, (laughs) wow. You know, and I'm like, of course, of course you're enough for me. Um, and he is, he will always be enough for me. Um, but Joey Gilbert preached a message that same year. I think it was like, a couple days after that, um, and he preached on uh, Mark chapter 14 um, about Mary, and when she uh, anointed Jesus's, um, you know, his head and washed his feet and dried it with her hair, and um, I think if there's, and I don't mean this in like a boastful way or anything, but I think if there's anybody that I can relate to in the Bible, it's her. Um, she had seven demons or something in her, and I fought demons every single day. And um, But God delivers me from those mm-hmm. every single day. And um, this scripture, it says, and I'm not going to read all of it. I'm just going to read what I've highlighted. Um, but he, the, all, the word that, he, that stuck out to me the most when he preached this um, was break. But it says, um, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. And the disciples were there. And it says, why was this waste of the ointment made? Let, and then Jesus tells them, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always. And whensoever ye, will, ye may do with them. But me ye have not always. And again, Jesus says, Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she has done shall be spoken um, spoken of for a memorial of her. And I want to talk. And he talked about the word break. And um, again, it's 2020. I have nothing to do. We can't go anywhere. I'm laying in my bed at night watching this on Facebook. And he said she got the. The ointment box, you know, she knew, and this was right before they killed Jesus, and, um, and she got the box, 
and she broke it. She didn't open it. She broke it. She wanted to use all of that. She was using everything that she had for Jesus. And that scripture changed me. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like God was like, am I enough for you? And if I, and I told him that, you know, he was, and I had to give him my all. And, um, I got to tell Joey, uh, that the other, um, week he was in revival and I got to tell him and I was like, you will never know what that mm -hmm. meant to me. You know, he was doing a Facebook live in the middle of COVID you know, he could have easily said, ah, you know, I'm not going to do that today. Um, but I'm so glad he did because it spoke <clears> to me. Yeah. Um, and that, that night shifted my life because I chose to live solely for God, to give God my all. Um, and I guess a song that speaks to me is, um, uh, he's my all in all. And I get to hear Lexi <laughs> sing it as many times mm -hmm. on Sundays as I can get her to sing mm -hmm. it um, because Jesus is my all in all. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and I love him and he has done so much for me. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but there is, uh, this other verse that I want to share. Um, and it is, uh, Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 through 30 and it says come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn of me for i am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light um and i remember reading this scripture several months back and um me being me when it says yolk, I thought it was talking about um, an egg yolk. And so I didn't understand. I did not understand what this was talking about. I was like, how in the world? But um, <coughs> I got my phone and I Googled, mm -hmm. you know, what does yolk mean in the Bible? And, you know, he's talking about like with the ox. Mm -hmm. And um, so how that works is, you know, if you're plowing a field and you've got an ox, you get an older one and a younger one. So that young, because if you have two younger ones, they're going to be running all crazy. It's going, it's not going to do right. But if you've got two old ones, I mean, it's going to take forever, you know. But if you've got an old one and a young one, the old one teaches the young one. And the young one kind of learns what to do from the old one. Well, if we get yoked up with God and we can truly lean on Him when mm -hmm. times are tough, um, when you can't see a way, you lean on Him. And... Um, he will guide you, but you've got to give him your cares. You've got to give him your burdens. You've got to give him the wants that you want. Um, and you've got to be okay if the answer is no, um, because it's not punishment, it's protection. And, um, and I think I truly figured that out through my life. Um, and I have had to lean on God when I haven't been able to see a way. Um, you know, when I got pregnant, I thought there's no way good could come from this. And I truly trusted God. And I was like, okay, here's, here's my life. Take it, you know, do what you, what your will is, whatever you want, just do it. And, um, and I truly think that was a time in my life that I got yoked up with God and I truly had to lean and learn from him. Um, and you know, this just popped up in my head, but 
the verse, um, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I never understood. I was like, why, why should we not want God? I didn't know that it was, we shouldn't want for anything mm. in this world. Because me sitting here saying that I want a million dollars, why? You know, like, or I want to do whatever. If our wants aren't lined up with God's wants, you know, we'll get caught up and we'll get mad at God because he's not giving us what we want when we want it. And um, if we would just be content with God and be content with what he's given us, we'll learn that mm -hmm. it's more than what we could ever ask for. And um, and and I, I try to tell like young people um, that I, uh, maybe I do their hair or whatever, you know, don't want for materialistic things. Want for things that, you know, are of, of God and, you know, want to get closer to God and, um, and he'll bless you with the things that you need. Um, and, uh, I just, I think, you know, the first part of that is, you know, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. I don't know about y'all, but when I have been so caught up in things are going so wrong, you know, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff and nothing's going right. And when you truly give it to God, it's the best peace and the best rest that you could you could ever get. And you can't get that rest from alcohol. You can't mm. get that rest from your boyfriend. You can't get that rest from, you know, somebody here. The only person that can give you that is Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, to tie it back to an egg yolk, even if your burden is as small as an egg yolk or as big as an actual yolk that's put on oxen, God will still take care of it for you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I've never heard it talked about as an egg yolk. That's, that's one, way to, <laughs> one way to figure out the true meaning of Scripture. Yeah. So so y'all were, were dating, so how'd y'all how'd, how'd yoke up? <laughs> uh, so Cody... Cody Riley started uh, pastoring Timber Ridge, and then I got to hanging. And Chad was the pastor at Yellow Creek at the time, and so me and Cody was. He was doing a little electrical job for me at Lula when we was doing when I was doing the office for Riley's brothers, and we went to Subway to eat lunch. Oh. Don't put your hand on. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> and uh, so we just got to talking, and, and I've done been I had done been talking like. You know, I need to find, I, I don't need to, I need to find me a godly woman, somebody good for me, all that good stuff. Cody's like, well, I know somebody might be good for you. So anyways, he showed me a picture of her on Facebook. And then this was like seven or eight months before we actually met. But Cody and Chad had been talking back and forth about somehow trying to set things up and uh, well, about seven, eight months later, uh, Cody ends up in revival over here, and he's like, perfect opportunity. So <laughs> I end up, uh, let's see, what night did I get to come? I got to come on a... Sunday. What? Sunday night. I got to come on a Thursday night, and, <laughs> and I had the opportunity, or I wasn't real sure who she was. I know she was at Young Creek. I know she was in the church. But I didn't know what she looked like, so I kind of 
uh, church got over and walking out the door, shaking the preacher's hand. And uh, so they, I think Cody said something about, hey, that's her over there. Anyways, I chickened out. I didn't talk to her or nothing. I went, okay, went and got in the truck with Ron and me and Ron and Jamie McCracken was right together. So I told us, like, well, they was already sitting in the car. I blamed yeah, all yeah, on them. Yeah, yeah. They was, they're old. They're ready to go home. <laughs> and I was driving. So, so I went and jumped in the car like a security cat. So the next night, it may have been on Tuesday. I don't know. But the next night, I had made my mind up. I was going to at least say, hey. Anyway, so I had to come back and... And I did introduce myself, or asked if she was who I was looking for. And, yeah, and I introduced myself, so we kind of... That, that was your pickup line? What? Are you who I'm looking for? No, I said, are you Savannah Long? I asked her if she was Savannah Long. I didn't want to go up the wrong person. Not, yeah, so I was like, well, I think you're the one I'm supposed to be meeting uh, this whole time. So we talked for a little while and ended up going, going out to eat with Cody and Lexi that night. And... Let's see, come back to service that Friday night, and all that took place about me getting things right. And let's see, the next thing, what was it? I can't remember. Oh, I invited, I invited her to Timbridge's revival, and she ended up showing, I, and she ended up coming to it, and I eventually asked her on a date. So, went to Andretti's and rode Coke Arts. There you go. So, uh, that's a good date. Good date. <laughs> <clears throat> so that come that summarizes y'all's whole testimony from your raising to now and everything in between all the high points, low points of what God has brought y'all from. So from here, what advice would you want to give somebody that is facing an unplanned pregnancy or is facing addiction or is even being faced with it for the first time? You know, or let's say even with a um, you know, a young couple um, one of them's pressuring them to move quicker than the other one wants to, kind of thing. What advice would you would you give? I uh, will start with you, Savannah. What advice would you give? Or unless you want to start with Mark, we'll start with no, Mark. It don't matter. <laughs> yeah. uh, what advice would you give a, a young woman that's facing an unplanned pregnancy, <clears throat> or even a young couple that's, you know, they they've heard about going and doing the godly thing, but things of the world's more fun, you know. It right. seems like so. We'll, we'll start with you. Um, that's hard because I felt like if anybody was talking to me in that time, it, I mean, they could have talked to me until they were blue in the face and I wouldn't have listened, but, um, just try God, try him, you know, try him out and, um, go and see if he can uh, you know, give you what you need because I know for 100% that he can. Um, and who cares if, you know, everybody around you is going to leave, you know, God won't leave you. Um, and just, that's, that's so hard because, um, I feel like, when you're at that point, maybe you do feel alone. Maybe you do feel like, um, you know, maybe you are faced with abortion and maybe you are faced with, um, if I, if I don't have the baby, I could have all these, you know, um, things that, you know, but what you're not thinking of is, um, the guilt that you're going to have and, 
um, what the blessing that that child could be to you. Um, you know, I was saved, but Nathan got me back to who God had, who God wanted me to be. You know, he mm-hmm. got me back. Nathan got me back to church. Nathan got me back to Jesus, you know, and, um, and your child could do the same thing for you. Um, there's no words to describe the love that you have when you hold your baby for the first time. Um, and I kind of picture that's how God holds me, you know, when I go back and, you know, cry to him and tell him I'm so sorry, you know, for my sins, but, um, just go, go to God and you, if you don't have a church or know of a church, you know, we've mentioned too Yellow Creek Baptist Church, which is in Marble and Timber Ridge, which is in Lula. Um, you know, try those out and, um, and, and just lean on God, you know, and, um, that's, that's the advice that I give. What about you, Mark? Well, if we want to base it on addiction or... I will tell you, whoever's listening, that addiction, if you're struggling with it, or sin for that matter, will will keep you longer than you want to stay and take you further than you want to go. So all I can, I mean, I, I can say is, is, is you're never out of God's reach. Never out of God's reach. You're always there. All you have to do is reach out. I mean, that's it. It's, and step out on faith. I mean, it's just, it, it sounds, talk about it being complicated, but I mean, it's simple as that. That's, what, that's all I really had, had to do is, is really turn it over. I mean, I just had to turn my will over to him and, and truly reach out to him, and he was there. I mean, he's yeah. always been there. Yeah. If he wouldn't, then I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be here. I don't guess any of us would be, but. Yeah. I mean, the mercies that he's showed on me is, oh, it's, it's crazy to think about now that that all that's come back to me. Yeah. Is, it's got meaning to it now. Yeah. Everything he's done for us in the whole world has meaning to it again. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And God loves us, and God loves you, whoever is listening to this. Um, his love is... <laughs> I mean, he, he died for you. <coughs> he did, yeah. So that all could come to know the forgiveness of sin. So, um, so Savannah, you said, Nathan, he's eight years old? Yes. Eight years old. What would you want to say for him? Let's say he finds this later when he's 20. What would you want to say to him now? Um, what advice would you give your son, basically? Oh, my gosh. Um learn from my mistakes um I know uh you're gonna make your own mistakes but learn try to learn from mine and don't take that first sip of alcohol you know don't have sex out of marriage um stay close to God stay in church um and just try to put God first you know and um don't put things above him because I feel like that's where I went wrong um, is when I started putting stuff above God and um, 
and just, you're gonna mess up. You're gonna make mistakes. Um, everybody does it. Um, but God, God's gonna forgive you. You gotta forgive yourself too. Yeah. Don't let the mistakes define you. That's right. Yeah. There's a song um, at my father's house or in my father's house. I don't know. I've, Mark says I butchered it, but what? He says <laughs> I he says I play it way too much. Um, but, it says, but it says, but it says, my failures won't define me because that's what my father does. Exactly. Yeah. So let, let the repentance. Yeah. And let God's love yes. define you, not not the failures. So. Yes. Anything else y'all want to share? I want to touch on when, um, uh, before we started dating, um, I had, it was after the point when, you know, God asked if he was enough for me. Um, and I was content with that. Yeah. Um, I was completely content if it was me, God and Nathan for the rest of my life, I was okay with that. But once you heard the pickup line, hey, are you the one I'm looking for? Changed my life. You're just like, hey, there it is. <laughs> Hook, line, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Um, but I had, uh, Chad had actually tried to um, set us up, and he had a dinner at his house. And when we first started dating that, I was just thinking about, like, the timing of everything. Um, but... Mark hadn't got to the point where he needed to be, mm. and yeah. we weren't ready to meet each other. And Mark or uh, Chad was having like a dinner or something at his house, and he invited me to go and had invited Mark to go. And I had no idea at this point. I didn't know Mark. They hadn't introduced any of this. Um, but Nathan got sick. Um, an hour before we were supposed to leave. I so, go yeah, and Mark wasn't going to go. <laughs> and so um, we didn't. And then we had the tent revival, and Cody and Chad rode together and they parked next to me. You know, what are the odds of that? And I got out of the car and they like jumped me and was like, hey, hey, we got this guy for you, you know. <laughs> um, but I will say, um, I wasn't looking for a husband anymore. I wasn't praying for God to send me a husband anymore. Um, I was content with God being everything that I needed. Yeah. Um, and Chad had told me, um, you know, I got this guy and, you know, he's saved. He, you know, he's he's backslid a little bit, but he's coming back. And, and I remember, um, and I had went on dates, you know, before and, um, all of that, and I had prayed, you know, before I would even go on a date with a guy, um, you know, God, this isn't from you, I don't want it, you know, just just let me know, and he'd let me know every time, and I would walk away, and at that point, I hadn't went on a date in probably three years, um, it just, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a care to me, I mean, I wasn't thinking about that, um, but, um, when Chad had said that, um, I, I went home and I told him, I was like, you know, I'll pray about it. So I went home and I prayed about it. And I told him the next day at the tent revival. And I was like, look, you know, God didn't tell me no, but he told, you know, he told me, he's like, I, you can't change him. You can't do, you know, I've got to do that. 
And so Chad was just like, okay, you know, and Cody was like, quit being weird, you know, and I was like, no, like, <laughs> I, I trust God more than I trust y'all. And, yeah. um, and I'm glad that I didn't force that, you know, and try to meet him before he was at a place, you know, and, um, but then when he came to Yellow Creek, um, and I saw him, I went home, um, and I prayed about it and, um, I had I had a peace about it. I didn't have like this awful feeling of like you know when you're doing something wrong. Um, I didn't have that, and that's how I had felt with all these. You know, I don't want to say all these because it was like three, but like <laughs> with other guys, oh, yeah, you know yeah. that I had prayed about, <clears throat> um, and I just had a peace about it, and I was like, okay, which kind of scared me. And um, I remember talking to Heather, and I was like, what do I do? And she was like, well, just try it out, you know. And I was like, but I don't want to be out of the will of God. I do not want to get out of the will of God. I, I don't, I'd like where I'm at. Um, and, I mean, I felt like I was on fire for God at that point in my life. Like, the closest I have ever been to God was right there. Yeah. And, um, and so I, um, I gave it a chance. And, like, we went on our first date. And I can remember... Um, sitting at home, he was about ready to come and pick me up. And I remember sitting there and praying, you know, and I was like, God, like, if this is not from you, I let this be the worst date I've ever been on, you know, in this, let him not even show up. You his know? truck break down, you know. Yes, yeah. or him just like ghost me, you know. I'll borrow some of my truck, make sure that wouldn't happen. <laughs> oh, there you go, perfect. <laughs> um, but it was probably the most fun and the easiest date that I have ever been on. Um, the conversation was easy. Um, and I felt like if it, I don't want to say if it's easy, then it's from God. Because sometimes things aren't easy, you know, with God. But you have a peace. Um, and it feels different. Um, and I remember praying um, in the time of wait, um, you know, I want somebody that's not going to judge me of my past. And I just always felt like me praying for that, the person that God was going to send me has got to have a past of their own. Um, and I would never judge Mark of his past. Um, just like I wouldn't judge anybody of theirs just cause it's different than mine doesn't make it any better or worse. Um, but, uh, like on our first date, we basically talked about our past. Like we, we open book, you know, it was yeah. just like, here it is. It's all on the table. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm glad I didn't know Mark in his past and I'm glad he didn't know me in mine because that's not who we are. Mm -hmm. Um, that's not who God made us to be. And I, and I'm thankful for that. Um, and there is, a another verse that, has uh, stuck out to me, and I'm probably not going to be able to find it now. Um, but it says, it talks about, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to talk, like, paraphrase it. But it says, I have waited patiently for the Lord, and he hearkened unto me and answered my prayer. Um, and, and I truly feel like that. I truly feel like, um, God heard those prayers and um, and He has answered them. But. <clears throat> Anything else you all like to like to share? I think it sums it up. 
So I had a, I guess, a, a, an older gentleman give me some advice when it came to praying for something, whether you want it or not. He said, pray that if it be God's will, it's a smooth process. And if you do hit hurdles, you're able to overcome. But pray if it's not God's will, it's impossible to go down that road. So some of that was the, the prayer you were praying for Mark came and picked you up in a different sense. Yeah. 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 So well, we'll, uh, we'll dismiss in a word of prayer. Um, and kind of, I want to do this a little different if we could. I'll let Savannah let you pray first. And then when you say amen, Mark, you'll say a prayer and that'll be a bit dismissal if that's okay with y'all. Okay. So whatever y'all ready. Dear Lord, I, uh, I thank you for saving my soul. Lord, I pray, dear God, that you would be with the ones that hear this uh, podcast, Lord. I pray, God, that you would touch their hearts, Lord. Um, Lord, I pray, God, that you would uh, just touch them, Lord, just talk to them, Lord, and I pray, God, you would give them hope, Lord. I pray, God, um, that you would just show them that there is light, Lord, and you are the light, Lord. You you know them, Lord, and I pray, God, I, I thank you, Lord, for mercy on me, Lord. I thank you for the grace that you have shown me. I thank you for never leaving me, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for, for Nathan. I thank you for my church, Lord. I thank you for my family. I pray, Lord, that you would just be with um, each one of us, Lord, here, and um, help us to be a light, Lord, to share our testimonies to the world, Lord, and um, I pray, God, that you would put people in this path, Lord, that they would they would hear this, Lord, and they would um, they would reach out, you know, try a church, Lord. They would yes. they would reach out and and find someone that they they can trust that you know maybe is inclined with you, dear God, and they can pray for them. And yes. I pray, God, that you would just uh, just lead them out of their uh, their bondage, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would. Um, you would just, you would just show them love, Lord. And I pray God that you would help me, Lord, to love those, Lord, that, you know, that feel like they don't need it or feel like they can't receive it. And, um, Lord, I pray God that you would send hope to the ones that feel hopeless, Lord. And I pray God that you would just help me help somebody, God, and, um, turn them towards you and, um, bring them to church, dear God. And, and Lord, I thank you for everything, Lord, that you have given me and, um, the prayers that you haven't answered, Lord, I thank you for not answering them, Lord. And, Lord, I thank you for the valleys, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for, for bringing me through the storms mm, of life, God. Yeah. And I, I thank you, Lord, for never leaving me. And I love you. <coughs> I am so thankful that I am saved, dear God. In Jesus' name yes. I pray. Amen. Amen. Lord, I, I want to thank you for this day, Lord. I, I thank you for the opportunity that... Uh, that they give me to come and share what you've done for me, Lord, in my life, Lord. I thank you for saving my soul, Lord. Lord, I thank you for all that you pulled me through and brought me through the trials and tribulations, Lord. I pray that these testimonies that, uh, that we've shared here tonight will help somebody get through their trials and tribulations, yes. Lord. Lord, I just thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. Help us be a light, Lord. Lead, guide, and direct us in your will and all things, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you be with those that are struggling, Lord. Lord, help bring them through it, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, you be with the lost souls, Lord, that's around this community, around my community, around the church families, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'd be with them, Lord. Draw them and convict them, Lord. Lord, show a sinner that he's a sinner, Lord, and there's a way, and you are the way, Lord. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done, Lord, and, and thank you for uh, this opportunity, Lord. And I, In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. amen.